another friend. This guy is a joke. With five laps remaining, so we need to keep this pace up. Hey man, don't talk to me through the corners. And he just went off. Going to retirement. This is Purple Sector, Helmut and Rye Guy on the mics. Coda. Coda right around the corner, Coda people. quickly approaching. Uh, we're going to get into some mail box, box, box here. Some breaking news. All kinds of good stuff. Yeah, a bunch of good stuff. And then next week will be all about Coda, Rye Guy. We're going to have to do a combination kind of preview. We're going to preview what we'll be getting into out in Austin so we can link up with you guys that are going to be out there because we've been hearing from a bunch of y'all that you're going to be in Coda and obviously previewing the race. But Yeah, we're looking forward to grabbing some delicious beers, some good grub, maybe taking in some good live music. Obviously, Billy Joel because he'll be at the race on Sunday. Piano Man, yes. Let me ask you a question. Billy Joel. Will he be on the bang bus like uh, Tiesto was? <laughs> no, I wish. Um, no, will he be in any of the in any of the garages at the race? Like, will he will he take an allegiance with the team? At yeah, the I, race? Don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. He might be will one be- of those guys <laughs> who just rolls in for the show and rolls out, or is he actually going to take in the weekend? I think he'll take it in. I think it, Billy Joel's a guy's guy, right? Who want to be in one of the garages? Yeah. Hopefully not Haas. <laughs> we'll have to do bold prediction previews of what celebrities might be there. We know Matt McConaughey will be. He's always there. He's always dapping up Lewis Hamilton, spreading positivity with him, right? Yes, he was there with Lewis, hanging out with Lewis's dad. And we, we're hopefully getting something fresh and exciting from Danny Ricardo, who had that epic Texas Longhorns helmet in the past. I expect Danny to have a celebrity or two in his garage. Yeah, hilarious that we, <laughs> we're we basically going right into previewing it, but we'll save most of that for the We're giddy, next episode. dude. I'm giddy. I know. Very excited. But uh, yeah, let's get into the mail. Box, box, box. Box, 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 box. It's overflowing, yeah. this episode. And to fill it back up, remember to hit up 9048PURPLE. That's 904-878-7753 to shoot us a text or a voicemail. You can also slide into our DMs at Purple Sector Pod on social media to join in and fill up our mailbox box box. Oh, so, yeah. Rag, I'll kick it off here. We got a message from Hazilla saying... This is one, so buckle in. Here we go. Ready for Coda with my wonderful pink sparkly general admission wristband. What the fuck, Formula One? I get to wear this all weekend. Hashtag Pinkle Sector. So he sent us a picture it's of like the- glittery pink. Yeah, he sent us a picture of the general admission wristband for the race in Austin next weekend. And it is hilariously pink and it's sparkly. It almost looks like there's glitter in it. Yes, it's definitely got glitter. Formula One's been doing some arts and crafts. I wish, it was, I wish it had been purple, Raga. That would have been great synergy for us. What are they thinking? Purple's yeah. a great color. Yes. And then he goes on to say, Austin is going to be amazing this year with the championship so close between Hamilton and Verstappen. Should be no engine penalties and just good wheel-to-wheel racing on a well-laid-out track. This is me adding this. A bumpy track. Very bumpy. I wonder if they've smoothed it out. They always talked about they were going to have to go in and smooth it out with the earth settling, right? Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, should be no engine penalties and just good wheel-to-wheel racing. Sorry, I said that. With the way things have been this year, hopefully we get past turn one without an incident between Hamilton and Verstappen. 
I would really love for Lando the Mando and McLaren to spoil the race for both and show up with a bang. But I feel Ferrari coming on strong with their new package may be the big spoiler. Maybe the biggest deal off track for Coda will be the big shot, Mr. Still Rock and Roll, the piano man himself, Billy fucking Joel. <laughs> he was so excited he spelled it F-U-K-C-I-N. <laughs> Nicely done, Hazilla. He says, hopefully he gets as much time as Tiesto got in Holland. Yeah, on the bang bus, hopefully. Close second is to see what other stars Hamilton and the other drivers also bring in, which is what we were just teasing, right, guy? Can't wait to see you all in Coda, and I'll report back to the mail box, box, box. So, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get the same kind of Tiesto energy from Billy Joel, Hazilla, so don't get your hopes up. He's not going to be fist bumping on the ones and twos. It's He's going to croon you. Yeah, is he going to change the lyrics? Like, the race is when? Three o'clock or something? He's going to go, it's three o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> Formula One shuffles in. And Hamilton just won another race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonder, but he, I wonder what mix of doo-wop Joel slash rock and roll Joel will get. Rock and Joel, sorry. Yeah, we do strictly 80s Joel. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does. He's an, I still think he's an odd choice for this. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, like I don't even know Twenty One Pilots or Friday. I don't know what that is. Is it just some alternative something? The fastest growing market in F one is America right now, but it's mostly young people. And they went with and Billy, you Joel. Out Billy Joel. Billy Joel. <laughs> I mean, the out, guy's still a legend. But well, they know that boomers can afford tickets, right? So you got to put Billy Joel up there. Well, we really missed out because I think a couple years ago was Bruno Mars and Britney Spears. <laughs> that was. Yeah, I mean, that's talk about going for the Utes. That's just pure sex appeal. Yeah. But, Ryan, I think one of the big takeaways that it's something we constantly are talking about, and Hazilla crystallizes it here in this message, is how great this season is, right? He's talking about the epic battle between Hamilton and Verstappen. Then he's talking about the epic battle between McLaren and Ferrari. Doesn't yeah. touch on the other epic battles going on. I know. We might actually get wheel-to-wheel racing with Max and Lewis for once. It feels like it's been forever. They obviously wrecked each other out in uh, Monza and in Silverstone. But outside of that, we haven't seen them actually race yeah. in, in ages. It's been forever because it's been sloppy so, since, right before the break and since the break. If you get and no, we didn't even have a race at Spa, so we got nothing. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you get that in Coda. You know, it's hopefully no engine penalties. You may have jinxed it, Hazilla, by even mentioning it, but we'll see. Um, but we're with you. Hopefully, good wheel-to-wheel action. All right, Jenna hit us up. On text message, she sent in a couple pictures of her Formula Brunch. She said... Lovely spread. Yeah, amazing spread, as usual, from Jenna. Menemen, Döner, hummus, dried fruits, and Turkish delights for a hashtag Formula Brunch more interesting than the race. So, Jenna, not a fan of how the race went in Turkey. Yeah, I mean... I have to disagree. I thought it was a good race. It was exciting with a couple epic battles, a few epic battles, and some great passes on track. But it wasn't like people swapping positions all over the place. It was more the story of guys climbing up through the field and defending against those quick runners. It was definitely not a blockbuster, but also I think the television coverage let you and I down, Jenna. They could have shown more of the other overtakes, specifically Carlos Sainz. Um, Jenna goes on to say, I have to hand it to you. When I saw the Aston Martin safety car with this weather, I thought surely the curse would end, but your hex on Larry Stroll hilariously lives on. Yes, it does. For the record, I'm 1,000% a Lando fan. Uh, this goes back to last week. We yeah, asked we her. Were asked, we were figuring which one. We know she remembered she did the Pina Calandos. Yeah, so she's a big McLaren fan, but specifically a Lando fan. 
I really like Danny Rick and Carlando was precious. Carlando's that was our bit about Carlos signs. Yeah, Lando the Norris, right? the bromance. Absolutely. Carlando was precious, but Lando's my guy, which will be full on display at Coda. And I cannot wait. So Jenna will be at Coda as well. Hazilla and Jenna. Oh, yeah. People are coming out of the woodwork for Coda. It's going to be a big one. We're going to be there with bells on and can't wait to all link up and celebrate Formula One and Coda. Absolutely. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Um, let's go through the pictures that Jenna sent real quick. Lovely champagne, delicious looking hummus, yeah, dried fruits, fruits. Yeah. the dinner kebab looks amazing. In this, I'm assuming that's in the skillet, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. The Turkish delights look amazing. I'm a sucker Turkish for a Turkish delights. Turkish delights are always good. Whenever I'm flying through an airport and like the duty-free has Turkish delights, they always have the samples out. Oh, yep. you can start doing some damage on yeah. those baby samplers. That's how you kill your layover. You just hang out by the Turkish delight <laughs> yeah. sampler. Just clear out the plate of Turkish delights. Love it. Let's move on here, Moot. Well, I just want one more thing real quick, Ron. So she's saying here, she's La- Lando's her guy, which will be on full display in Coda. And yeah, you just you ran have- into an incident because there was recently a discount on the Formula One site. So you tried to buy a bunch of merch to wear for that yeah. weekend. So buyers beware. <laughs> and they said shipping next day. Don't fall prey to the F1 store website like obviously everyone's banged up right now by logistical delays but they said shipping next day arriving like halloween (laughs) (laughs) yeah they the the formula one store totally boned me i ordered a couple pieces of merch for coda like five days ago both items said that they would ship out the next day guess what they still haven't shipped i paid for shipping five to ten day shipping is what they said I, i probably won't get it until the end of this month so Happy just, Halloween. Just beware. If you're trying to get some official F1 merch online before the race, I would recommend not doing it. Just get it at the track. Yeah. I plan on doing some damage on Friday when we go for the practice sessions at the uh, merch tents. Yes. Which, <laughs> so bring bring your bills, your three-figure bills, your big face bills, yeah, if you're going to be buying any merch at a Formula One race. Yes. Formula One merch is historically... Very overpriced. Yeah, may I have one of those $75 hats? <laughs> yeah. For the record, I ordered an Alpha Tori shirt to rep my boy Yuki, and I ordered an Alpine hat to rep both the Alpine boys. Yeah, we were both talking about how slick we think not only the Alpine car looks, but the, the logo. gear and the logo has really grown on us. Yeah. Because I think I might have trashed the logo a little bit in our preseason livery Oh, it's review, sharp as hell. Our liver review. <laughs> But it's really grown on me as I've seen it more and more during the season. Yeah, so I will probably not receive that merch before I leave for Austin. Right. You might have to cancel it or at least get refunded the shipping costs because you they can't definitely pay for owe five to ten day shipping and then have it be a month. Yeah, it's a joke. So, Ragai, let's do a quick flashback. Rafi wants to go back to the flashbacks, hit us up saying, fucking Ragai is a goddamn prophet with his predictions. And this predictions were your Checo podium and Ocon finishing ahead of Alonso. We don't need to play the whole thing. I just wanted to play the no, flashback I love, sound effect. I love that sound effect. It really soothes you. I mean, people are probably falling asleep with their earbuds in right now. Hopefully listening not. Listening to, uh, to the flashback sound. But yeah, the I, I mean, we've always, every I, now and then. I'm on a then, heater right now, though. Yeah, for sure you are. And historically, we tend to have tended to nail some some things that we try and foresee <laughs> like we talk about where the news breaks right after we mentioned it on a recording or you know earlier this year I did nail the Lando first race that he wouldn't score points in when Hungary. he had that disaster yeah, yeah so well we, you 
we I have don't know been if you hot. Pre- I don't know if you predicted it or you just put a curse on Lando that weekend. It was my bold prediction, which turned into a, <laughs> a bold curse. Yeah. Let's let's uh, stick with predictions here. Emilio hit us up on Instagram. He said, "Keep the good Checo predict- predictions coming." He said, "Thank you for that." Um, Emilio is, is Mexican. He's a big Checo fan. Oh, and he's doing some predictions and now. Here's what he wants. He wants a podium slash win at Coda for Checo, and he wants a win at Mexico City as well. A Checo win in Mexico City would be so awesome. Yeah, both of those predictions are extremely ambitious, Emilio. I have to I have to say, so don't be disappointed if those don't come true. A Checo podium in Coda is absolutely on the cards, but a win in Mexico City, we'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed, hopefully Emilio can start seeing the light here like we've been able to recently. We're in the matrix right now. We see all the numbers. Yeah, we are. Peter hit us up saying, or he sent us a pic of his old Lewis Hamilton shrine. Yeah, so one of our listeners, Peter Kutita, has an incredible Lewis Hamilton shrine. It's basically Uh, cases on cases. It's like a big glass case full of a bunch of mini helmets in cases and framed pictures Three, and five, some Orioles seven. gear, like an Orioles bobblehead and another Orioles yeah, figure, I, which we're loving. I'm I, a Baltimore Orioles guy, so I love that. But didn't you say you asked him if he's an Orioles fan and he just said, I like the colors? I think, I think he just likes the <laughs> swag. Yeah. That's, so that's fair. We need to convert him. Come to Birdland with me, baby. Yeah, so Peter has like seven to ten Lewis Hamilton mini helmets, and then he recently received an autographed photo from Mercedes that Lewis Hamilton signed that is the centerpiece of his collection now. So really, the only thing you're missing at this point, Peter, is like uh, a doll made out of Lewis Hamilton's hair that right. you can get in Coda. And then burn your incense in front of it and you're good to go. Yeah. Get a lock of his hair, a lock of his dread. Yeah, beautiful shrine to Lewis there. We knew you were a Lewis fan, but we didn't know you were that hardcore. So props, dude. Props. Yeah, it's an epic setup, man. And I'm loving that because it's always good to go that extra mile and get the actual cases that display the helmets elevate them a little bit protect them you know i mean he's got the whole enclosure led backlit i mean this is serious memorabilia business yeah this whole section could go straight into lewis hamilton's museum that he might ultimately put together in the uk there you go so one peter or one question might be the curator for that museum when it finally opens yeah one question for peter if you ever got to meet lewis what would you ask him if you could ask him one question can I get another signed helmet? <laughs> That's oh, what he might ask. Hopefully we'll a better question than that. But yeah, I'd, I'd be interested, interested to see what Peter says. What would you say to the Orioles bird mascot if you met him? I, I like your colors. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I like your jerseys. I like the cut of your jib. All right, let's move on here. Ken, he is the... Max Max Super Max Super he, Fan. He is the opposite of Peter. He is a uh, Max Verstappen obsessed fan. He says, second place and taking the points lead makes it a good day for Max Max Super Max. And for Red Bull with a double podium. Looking forward to seeing it continue live in Austin. Hamilton is not a happy boy. Is the pressure getting to him? Perhaps he knows Max Max Super Max is the better driver and will be the champion this year. So he sounds like Christian Horner here. Yeah. Winding up Lewis. A little soap off the track from Kenny. Yeah, Ken. Uh, we'll see, man. I mean. And another Austin attendee, huh? It's going to be a tight finish, Ken. Uh, you know, either you or Peter are going to have your hearts broken by the end of the season. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people elated and a lot of broken hearts, but that's every season, right? It's just about when it happens. It'll always be more painful if it's the final race, which it's looking like it's going to be this season. Look, all the other fans just have to hope that there isn't a DNF for either Max or Lewis because that will completely wreck this tight battle 
there's too few races left for one of them to overcome a DNF. You just hope that they all keep that both of them keep it on track. Yeah, let's win it on track. Let's win it on track in Abu Dhabi in the final race of the year. That's what everyone should want. Everyone. With the reworked corner. Yes. <laughs> to hopefully you, have it not be a, a funeral procession. You want this to come down to the last race. You don't want a DNF for one of the guys or an engine failure. That would just ruin what's been one of the most insane seasons in, in decades, really. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it would ruin it because we've stacked up too much excitement during but the year. But you don't year, want to see it go out with a whimper. We don't cheap finish. We want it determined yeah. on track. You don't want to see it go out with a whimper. At Sushan1, hit us up on Twitter, Ryan. Send us a pic of Sushi and Asahi for his Formula Brunch for this weekend. Quote, my tribute to Honda Racing. Couldn't find a Turkish kebab. Hashtag Formula Brunch. So yeah, this was supposed to be the Japanese Grand Prix, so you're well within your bounds with the loose rules of Hashtag Formula Brunch to uh, celebrate the potential calendar that would have been Japan. Yeah, so sticking with this theme, at Luke underscore Uphill on Twitter also sent us a picture of his Asahi Super Dry Beer. And he said, any excuse to smash a few of these, eh, boys? Well done, Honda. Yeah, Asahi Superdry is fantastic. So if you could find an excuse and Formula One can't get it on the calendar, then for sure, this was the weekend to do that for your hashtag Formula Brunch. Yeah, so we had a very loose interpretation of Formula Brunch this weekend in Turkey. We had Jenna going the traditional route, all Turkish fare, right? Beautiful spread. But then we had Sushan and Luke just hitting up some Asahi Superdries and some sushi. Great job. Love it. I love the diversity of hashtag Formula Brunch. Here's a bonus. And now I'm getting hungry again because yeah. we always do this. Here's a bonus mail box, box, box entry, okay? So I ran into a buddy of mine over the weekend named Cam, who I didn't know he'd become a Formula One fan, but via Drive to Survive on Netflix, he's gotten into it. He's in a he's in a fantasy league through work now in F1, and uh, we were just spitballing F1 over a couple beers this weekend. And I was shocked by this revelation, okay? So if I told you a guy like Cam just recently got an F1 and there was one driver because of Drive to Survive that he absolutely can't stand, like borderline hates, which driver do you think I would be talking about? Uh, did he? I'm thinking it's a more shocking one. Like, what did he say, Carlos Sainz? Oh, it's definitely a shocker. Carlos Sainz, is that's, that what he said? That's your guess? Yeah. Okay, well, cover your ears, ladies, because Cam cannot stand... Daniel Ricardo. Oh, yikes. I was blown away by this. Wow. So these, these are what some... What did he see that we all didn't, huh? Well, here are some paraphrase quotes from Cam, okay? He basically said, I think he's a phony. I think he's... <laughs> I think he ran away from the competition of Max and That's Red Bull hilarious. to take the money at so, Renault. Yeah, he doesn't like that he ditched Red Bull. He thinks he's a big phony. He can't stand him. I'm shocked. He, he basically had to hold back from saying, Daniel Ricardo is literally Hitler. I was just blown away by that take. That is one of the hottest takes I've ever heard. I know. I mean, everyone loves Danny. Yeah, that tends to be what we see through the mailbox, box, box, and any feedback we get from Jod to Survive, you know? Yeah, I mean, Cam is definitely zigging while everyone else is zagging. Yeah, he's a zigger for sure. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) So remember, if you guys want to hit up the mailbox, box, box, phone number is 904-8-PURPLE for a voicemail or a text. That's 904-878-7753. And also slide into our DMs at Purple Sector Pod on social media for future mail. Box, 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 box. Right, guy, news time now. Moon, I'm going to let you run with this one. Sting it. This is right up your alley. This is. And I think I need to give it a proper yeah, you do. entree Hang for the new segment here. 
Yeah, this is a Helmut on Helmets teaser right here. Yeah, it's a preview for Helmut on Helmets. So right now there's a voting open for Lance Stroll's specialty helmet design for the U.S. Grand Prix at Coda in Austin, Texas. So he has three designs up for vote. Very much lunar themed given, you know, it's more Houston, right? But... Texas being part of, you know, space launches and all that, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, as it mentions here, all space-related. There's a SpaceX-themed helmet, a helmet that's basically like the galaxy on it, mm-hmm. and one that is like the moon. It's got all the lunar craters and the whole moon design and everything. Yeah. So, three very cool helmets, I have to say, Rye Guy. Yeah, the SpaceX helmet is would get my vote. Um yeah, SpaceX or Moon. The Galaxy to me is too boring when you throw a potential SpaceX helmet or the actual Moon surface. Right. If you want to check out all three of the designs that people can vote for, go to at mark.antardesign on, on Instagram. That's mark.antardesign. Check them out. So let's get into how you vote for these. This is the interesting part, Moon. Yeah, so Larry Stroll never passes up an opportunity to monetize and make something <laughs> difficult and create activity and jobs for his employees so to vote on this you have to download an app called socios <laughs> sociopath they should, they should just call it the yeah socios app has to be downloaded then you have to create you know an account register give them all your information right then you have to buy aston martin fan tokens so you're paying to buy tokens to cast your votes and then you vote with those tokens yeah, that you have to buy you have to spend those tokens to vote yeah so <laughs> let's get into the fan token, the Aston Martin fan token. So it's they're getting into the crypto game. It's a cryptocurrency that debuted in July, currently worth $2.40 a token, down 77% since its debut in July. So not so Lawrence Stroll is asking you to buy a rapidly depreciating cryptocurrency to, he wants you to buy a depreciating asset. So do asset. you lose the token? You give it back to them when you vote? Yeah, you spend it. It's, okay. it's very dumb. Yeah. So basically you get two votes for almost $5, and then you have to just give them away. <laughs> yeah. A vote is basically $2.50, and it's you, he's asking you to buy a depreciating asset to vote on these helmet designs for his son. Yeah. I'm torn, Ryan, between the SpaceX and the Lunar Landscape helmet. I think both of those are clearly the best compared to the Galaxy helmet. The SpaceX one is funny because it's, you know, the white SpaceX helmet with the black in the front where the face shield would be, right? Right. Because obviously with the visor on the Formula One helmet, it is not the same as the SpaceX helmet's visor. But then it also has the silhouette. All of them have the silhouette of the Aston Martin wings that Lance has on his green helmet, his Philadelphia Eagles helmet, basically. Right. But, yeah, I'm between the SpaceX and the Lunar Landscape. I don't think I'll be buying any Aston Martin tokens to dump back into Larry's lap. No, I hope, but, no, I uh, hope nobody votes. Yeah, we should just have our own vote, Ryan, on our story or something on Instagram, at Purple Sector Pod, and see what the it, listeners vote for. It'll be free. Yes. You can no, buy- no Purple Sector tokens will need to be purchased for that. Yeah, you can get Sector Coins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the SpaceX design is going to win in a landslide. Yeah, Probably. I mean, there's all you need. Uh, do you think Elon will tweet about it well, like he does with other crypto and say, knowing, hey, go vote for this uh, SpaceX helmet? N- knowing Elon, he probably bought a ton of Aston Martin fan tokens and just voted for the SpaceX helmet himself. Yeah, for sure. Right, guys, some more news. 
Love this headline, Moot. Daniel Ricardo says, quote, time is running out to sort out Cyril Abitable's tattoo. Yeah, we bring, we've brought this up often earlier in the season of how we were worried that Abitable was going to wriggle off the hook here. But good to hear Danny finally answering our questions here, that he is still focusing on trying to make sure that Cyril gets inked. Yeah, and it also confirms that Cyril still hasn't done it, which is a massive disappointment. Uh, Danny goes on to say, Cyril emailed him after his win in Monza to, to congratulate him. Quote, I had an overwhelming number of emails, WhatsApp messages, and all of it, so I did see an email from him. Uh, he said, there was the topic of tattoos, so I'm still very optimistic we could get this done before the year's out. Otherwise, it's obviously going to drag on and become old news, so I'm determined to make it happen. Good. Uh, he goes on to say, we'll have to do some thinking now, but probably it will be something to do with me, but I think with a German flavor, this is obviously the place we did it, referring to the podium in Germany. A little tip of the hat to something traditional in Germany as well. So, maybe like a, a honey badger wearing lederhosen or something. Yeah, a honey badger eating a pretzel. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um it's just disappointing that Cyril has dodged this for this long. Yeah, it, it's sad that we haven't gotten that tattoo, but also sad that Danny Rick hasn't made a point of making sure he got it done, right? They were well, in Paul Ricard this year. He could have tracked down Cyril. Nobody knows where Cyril is. He's persona non thing. grata right now. He's just blowing off emails. No one knows where he is. Yeah. He has an internet connection. We need to reverse track his IP address from that email and geolocate Cyril Abitable to get over there with... Uh, a tattoo uh, needle. Yeah, I mean, how much do you want to bet that Cyril emailed Danny, Danny emailed him back, and then Cyril immediately marked it as spam? Or it just said, this account no longer exists. Yeah. It bounced back. You know, exactly. Cyril's on the run still. I'm disappointed in Cyril. Yeah, sad to see. More soap off the track, Raga, of course, between Red Bull and Mercedes, specifically the bosses, Christian Horner and Total Wolf. Christian Horner has said the FIA, FIA needs... This is more email talk here after talking about Cyril Abitable's email. Love it. Christian Horner says the FIA needs to start cleaning their inbox of Toto Wolf's emails. This could be another situation, though, where Michael Mossy marks Toto's emails as spam and they go straight to his junk folder. Yeah. So, quote from Christian Horner, when we competed against McLaren for the championship and Lewis was driving for them, and when we were competing against Ferrari with Fernando Alonso and Stefano Domenicali... It was a very different atmosphere to this one, said Christian Horner. He says, quote, this has felt a lot more political with lots more going on behind the scenes. The inbox from Toto to the FIA, they're going to need a major clear out at the end of the year. Toto has, been ve- has never been in a position where he's been challenged. He inherited a very competitive team from Ross Braun. This is some serious soap off the this track here. mud slinging right here by yeah. Christian. And Toto has done a great job in maintaining that. So he's basically saying Toto didn't do much he just maintained what ross braun already handed over to him he's basically saying you built nothing yeah but this is the first time he's had this kind of pressure and people react to pressure in different ways so he that's there's two massive shots there fired across toto's bow from christian horner he's basically saying you didn't build that team you inherited it and, and he's also saying slimy political games behind the scenes yeah he's, he's, he's saying the way you're reacting to the pressure is the way of a douchebag like you're meddling and all this stuff yeah, you're Highly political. behind backs, trying to curry favor with emails. I mean, I can't say I agree with Christian Horner here because Formula One's always been highly political. Yeah, all those teams and battles he was talking about before with McLaren, with Ferrari, 
we had plenty of dirty tricks going on there. We had people stealing plans for other teams. Yeah, we had people like tweeting out data for teammates. There's also Wingate. When when Rebel was dominant with Vettel, every team was coming after them for their flexi front wing. I mean, it was it was a whole big thing. So Christian Order, very short memory. Also, I a, think this is also a just, great shit stir. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think this is him just ladling the pot here and trying to put more pressure on Toto and get Toto more upset, right? Yeah, I think the difference between Toto have Toto break his wrist by banging the table because he gets so upset. Yeah, I mean, here's the the big difference between these two guys. Okay, Toto Wolf has no problem. Like he can sleep well at night with all the meddling he does behind the scenes to give Mercedes an edge, and Christian Toto. Christian, Christian Toto. Christian, Christian Horner absolutely revels in the shit stirring publicly with what he says. I mean, he loves publicly yeah, he loves airing out the dirty laundry. Well, he loves winding people up. I mean, yeah. we saw it with Serial Beatable on Drive to Survive in, in season one, I believe, or season two. I can't remember which one. And now you're seeing it this season between him and Toto. Just, just shot after shot in the media from Christian Horner. Um, it's very interesting. These guys are just heavyweights. Yeah, soap off the track, man. The battle between Lewis and Max is obviously intense, but the battle between Horner and Wolf, between Christian Toto. <laughs> Arguably more intense. Yeah, it's crazy intense. Sting me. Stefano Domenicali, mood. He's the, he's the new CEO of F1. Uh, he says he is excited for a 23 race schedule next season and an expansion to seven to eight sprint race weekends. What do yeah, you make 30%, of that? 30%, one-third of the races in the sprint format. So here are some interesting talking points. The long-term goal of F1 is to make the team budget smaller, make the support less expensive, make it greener, but all they're doing is increasing right. the amount of racing. You add a third of the race to a third of the races, and expect them to push, number one, their engines more often now and potentially have incidents and wrecks, which will cost more and more money in those sprint yes. races. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hypocritical to add more hard running but, say, cut costs and get penalized when you have damage or ruin engines. And do you want to know why this is happening? Because they're greedy. This right. is just pure greed on the part of F1. So, yeah. A teams. lot of people are chiming in about that, right? Vettel's making comments around the greed side saying, it are you purely going for profit or are you trying to do what's right or what makes sense? And uh, cr- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the verdict, isn't the verdict still out on whether or not people even like sprint races? We haven't even done the third one this year and he's already saying we need seven to eight of them. Yeah, it seems, I, it seems not- interesting because does this mean the ones that were sprints this year are going to be part of like we're just going to go back there and sprint or are we just going to try sprints over the next few seasons at every track they're going to do them at seven eight races um i can't say i'm a fan i'm not sold on the sprint race format as far as qualifying is concerned but you have to give them credit at least it, it obviously we often criticize it that it doesn't make sense given the engine restrictions and the cost cap but they really haven't been afraid to try things which has been nice well, to like me, the current ownership, Liberty Media, whatever form it, it's taken now with kind of the movement around there with Domenicali stepping in, they at least take chances and try and spice things up, which is fun. 
Yeah, I, it's, it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. As we mentioned already, the teams, the teams are still only going to get three engines for the entire season next year, but the calendar is swelling to 23 races and seven to eight sprint races. That's a lot of racing. Karun Chandok made a point about the engines in the last race weekend, right, where he said they should just give them four engines and... Uh, one of the other guys was like, but what about the, the cost or whatever? He was like, the cost is in the R&D. Like, sure, the engine might cost a little bit, but development is where the heavy cost is. So you're, I mean, you're not keeping costs down if basically every team is going to take an engine yeah, penalty they anyways. they take it, and then they just get penalized. I mean, look at what Mercedes is Everybody doing. Everybody has to. It's clearly – but that's what you worry about. If you go to four, does that mean now teams will just always take a fifth, whereas they might not now because you make three the cap, you know? It's a well, sticky that's, wicket. That's not the issue, though. The issue is they want them to use three, but they keep increasing the amount of racing. That's yeah. the issue. Right. No, it's a combination of issues because I think you if they move say, the goalposts, the teams will take advantage of that as well, and five will become the new normal. You can't say, hey, guys, here's a budget cap. We're trying to get costs down, but hey. And here's eight one-third sprint races yeah, we're adding as well. Here's all this increased racing, but hey, do your best to keep the budget down. And try not to use more than three engines. Let's head to Zach Brown's desk, the desk of Zach Brown. So, Ragai, tuck in your big white button downs in your <laughs> your pleated pants, get and slick your hair back for the whole Zach Brown office look that we always see on Drive to Survive. So, Zach Brown recently posted a video of him in his office, and people on Reddit, obviously, the sleuths are going to zoom in on everything and Redditors miss analyze nothing. it. Yeah, and there was a plaque on his desk, Ryan, that read, "Quote." Fucker in charge of you fucking fucks. You, you gotta love it. Yeah. So, the, the one of the conspiracy theories, uh, or is my conspiracy theory sound effect? I don't know if I have it on here, but one of the conspiracy theories is that it was a gift from Gunther Steiner, which would make sense, right, guy? Absolutely. Yeah. So redditors were also saying that they know it's that they heard it's a gift from Gunther Steiner, which who knows? There it is. Love the conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the Z files, Zach Brown and Gunther Steiner. Exactly. The rumors that the fucker in charge of you fucking fucks plaque on his desk. Love that about Zach. He needs a new plaque, though. It needs to be something like dude in charge of you fucking dudes. Yeah. You know, he that, is the that dude. That would work, guy. too. That That's would work, his too. word. It should be something <laughs> to do with dudes. I mean, that would work, too. This all goes back to, we say this all the time, he's got to be the, the most fun boss to have in F1. Here's just more evidence of that. Like, what would Mattia Bonotto's plaque be on his desk? Oh, some... Don't touch my hair. Some business cliche, <laughs> like, <laughs> like first to arrive and last to leave, but yeah. in Italian. Larry Strolls would be, you're already out of time, or something like that. Yeah. I have no time for this. <laughs> I have exactly. no time on my calendar for any of this bullshit. Or no, his the plaque on his desk probably says buy Aston Martin fan yeah, tokens. Go sell more Aston Martin tokens and yeah. have them give them right back to us. Anyways, classic Zach, what a character that guy is. He just gets more interesting every race weekend. Yeah, fucker in charge of you fucking fucks. Moot, Yuki Sonoda posted on his Instagram about how he will miss the Honda Hospitality Motorhome once they leave F1 because of all their amazing Japanese cuisine they offer. So he posted a pic of just a tray loaded up with Japanese food. Gyoza, dumplings, all kinds. It looked like a lot of Japanese barbecue. Do they have any Asahi on tap for us? No, I don't believe Yuki was drinking alcohol in yeah. the paddock. That would be a big no-no. But 
Um, you feel for the guy. He's been uh, far away from home for so long. This is like his only... Uh, that's his you only know, taste of, of his home, yeah. Yeah, so he loves the food at the Honda Motorhome, and he's going to miss it once they leave this season. Yeah, Red Bull I, will have to step up and at least at certain races or maybe just at the Japanese race or you know, have a special chef who just rolls him a couple couple sushi uh, offerings, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would be all over that if I was in the paddock. That sounds delicious. Yuki is the man. I mean, this this obviously plays back into what we've always heard from him. In interviews, he always talks about food. So big food guy, big hashtag formula brunch guy, it sounds like. I meant to ask this uh, a few episodes ago, but who do you think, from a physical perspective, is the strongest guy on the grid? Like if you put them in a weight room and you said, all of you, go max on bench press, how much do you think you can bench? Who wins? I would think Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, to me, seems like the strongest. I know you think Yuki's a little powder keg. And the short y- arms mean Yuki he is able a to throw it up. He's so short that he's able to put on. I mean, look at him. He's he's stacked with muscle on muscle. Yeah, I think Yuki walks away with every weightlifting competition on the grid. That would be fun to see. Squats, put him in bench. Like, put him in like a sumo belt, the sumo underwear, you know, and have him start racking the weights. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Yuki would just cream everyone in the gym. Yeah, so Yuki sounds like had a great hashtag formula brunch for this past race in with doing what a bunch of our listeners did with the Japanese theme. Yeah, with uh, Sushan and um, Luke just having some some sushi and, and Asahi super dries with you. These are some huge rumors right now that are swirling, right, guys? So there are rumors about Michael Andretti possibly buying Alfa Romeo Sauber team in Formula One. A lot of steam, a lot of smoke around this rumor. Also rumors and that Colton Herta was going to be the other driver alongside Botas if that happens. Yeah, we had previously talked about Andretti trying to chirp that Colton Herta should get a shot in Formula One and he's ready and all that stuff. Right. And He allegedly you know. has enough points on his super license to do it. Yeah, so Coda, obviously, there could be more steam or maybe even a more news around it after coda because andretti's are very much tied into coda like isn't michael andretti or mario andretti or all the andretti's are like ambassadors and obviously tied to pushing coda yeah absolutely i mean that's everything we've heard is that discussions will take place in austin about this potential team takeover allegedly michael andretti and his people have raised 250 million dollars in capital already to get this deal done so if all that's true, the wheels are greased. This could this could happen quickly. Yeah, but you're going to need to bring a lot of money to the table with Guan Yu Zhou's fat pockets with that support from China and him well, going for that seat. If they buy the team, though, I mean, that's, right. that's not even going to matter. It's their call, right. But I don't know. It seems, you know, you would want to buy a team heading into new regulations, but time's also running out. Calendar is stacked. It is running Season's going to start. This season's going to end, and then the next season's going to start before you even blink your eyes. I mean, yeah, if you're going to buy a team to race that team in F1 next year, they're leaving it awfully late in the season to do so. This could just be a master marketing play by the Andretti's. They're very good at that as well. Yeah, they could simply be gauging public interest with all these headlines and and the rumor mill. Yeah, and using this to push Colton Herrera even more and then never end up buying the team but trying to just crowbar him into Formula 1. I hope they buy the team, because then it would be an actual proper American team in F1, unlike... Yeah, we have the Russian Haas team. Yeah, 
unlike the disaster that has been Haas over the last four or five years. Yeah, because you know if any of the Andretti's are involved in buying a Formula One team, you're going to finally get another American driver in Formula One. Yeah, you would hope. And also that name is just racing royalty, not just in the States, but the world over because Mario obviously is a Formula One yeah, he's champion. Champ. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a big deal. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And Rye Guy, we teased this earlier in what we teased in our last episode, I think, about Fernando Alonso maybe two episodes ago. Fernando Alonso Sting stirring it. more pots here. Yeah, I know you love this headline, mood, so here we go. Fernando Alonso believes there are different rules for different people in F1. So just on the face of it to that, I would say, duh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so he, we talked about a while ago, we talked about him basically saying that there's a British bias in the media, and he and Max are always painted as villains. And we talked about, we teased this story, where now he's going not only at the media, but he's attacking basically the FIA, the stewards, etc. Right. So here's this quote. Alonzo said he, quote, straight line in turn two in Russia to see the questions here in Istanbul. It was just to confirm when I do things, they have a different behavior and a different repercussion on the following event. So now... Maybe they changed the runoff area in lap one in the first couple of corners. So what he's saying is he saw so many guys, you know, disobeying this rule about not overtaking off track on the opening lap. It happened. He, he got overtaken by cars off the track multiple times earlier in the season. And this is his way of putting the spotlight on it by just vehemently breaking the rule in yeah. Russia. And then also trying to see what will the reaction be when they're interviewing me after I've pulled this move. Will I start getting attacked for it and all that stuff? Yeah, so he just thinks that the the, the conversation about it once he's done it is totally different. I can't say I totally agree yeah, with like, him. Look at that dirty move by Fernando Alonso, but he was pissed. We talked about he was this. So blatant, where it, was done, it was done in past years, and people basically were given advantages by right. breaking the rule. But Alonso can't stick by this statement too much because he's so blatantly broken like he made it obvious that it was his goal to break it the bear he knows it it wasn't an accident and then him saying maybe we should look at this he was basically saying this is a shitty rule and i know i would get more shit than anyone else so i'm just gonna blatantly break it in order to get a change justify a lot of the shitty feedback i'll get right but in classic fernando alonso fashion because he's so good at alienating himself from everyone else in the paddock you just had to keep pressing, yeah. and this is what he said in regards to Lando Where Norris. Lando didn't get the penalty in the wet when yeah, he went for, over the pit line. For Lando Norris not getting penalized for crossing the white line on pit entry in Russia. He said, quote, let's see. The next one that crosses the white line on pit, on pit entry, let's see what, na- what nationality he is and which penalty he will get. So now he's beating the British bias drum again here. So for any listeners that aren't too familiar with F1 or for, with Fernando Alonso before this season... This is classic Fernando Alonso. He has this amazing ability to alienate himself in the paddock with his decision-making. I mean, when he was with McLaren Honda, he called their engine a GP2 engine over the radio. That's just a big no-no. It's incredibly nearsighted on his part. And that was basically his way of driving himself out of that team with bad behavior. Yeah, we talked about where he's burned so many bridges across so many forms of motorsport that Yes. There are so few opportunities. He's obviously a big enough superstar with a huge fan base that 
he can still find his way into the one or two potential spots that he can actually race in different disciplines. But yeah. now he's attacking the FIA, the stewards, et cetera, the whole structure as a whole in the media. So guess what? He's not going to get any more friendly coverage. You know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Just when we thought he may have changed, because he w- it was all kind of all happy-go-lucky for the first three quarters of the season with him in the paddock. Like, he was swapping helmets with every driver. Everything was cheery in press conferences. It was all nostalgic yeah. about... Yeah, Esteban Ocon going to bat for him after winning the race, saying, everything I heard about yeah. this guy is not true. Yeah, now it seems he's back to the old Fernando Alonso. He's got... Didn't pl- take long. <laughs> he's got plenty of venom on his tongue now. I mean, look, this is a guy who's won two world championships in F1, but arguably he's left many on the table with his decision-making and his navigating of the political landscapes in F1. Right. I mean, like look, the guy went to Ferrari back when Ferrari was much more competitive and, you know, again, just, like you said, left a lot on the table in his career, but at least it's been fun watching him while oh, he's it's been, been do, burning all these bridges. It's the been a dumpster blast. fire that he leaves behind him. He's an incredible driver. He is an incredible driver, but his ego definitely hobbles him at times and we love that his karting team is fernando alonso racing team fart f-a-r-t fart (laughs) fart baby gotta love it yeah alonso always delivers on and off the track as far as we're concerned right guy yeah thanks to everyone who hit us up on the mailbox box box another great segment there we are so looking forward to coda and meeting a lot of you it's gonna be an absolute blast yeah, so hit us up with anything you have for the mailbox, box, box. As we mentioned, 9048 Purple, that's 904 878 7753. And at Purple Sector Pod on social media, hit us, hit us up there and follow us there. And subscribe to the show, rate and review the show, and keep spreading the word about Purple Sector, please. And yeah, let us know. We obviously have gotten word from a lot of y'all that will be in Austin. Other people let us know so we get even more of a sense of how many people will be there. And. We cleared our plate now, Ryan, of the mailbox, box, box, and the news, and we'll be focusing on Coda. We'll be previewing, like we said, what we'll be up to that weekend and the race weekend itself. So if you're going to be there, stay tuned because we're going to try and definitely get together at least once, maybe twice, or however many times we can. And uh, so we'll start spreading the word about our plans here very soon next week. Oh, yeah. And get ready. Get ready for Coda and get ready for a meetup. We're looking forward to hanging with y'all and enjoying the race at Austin at Coda, right, guy? We haven't been over there, so should be fun. Oh, it's going to be wild. Yes, buckle up, people. Let's head to Austin. See y'all on the track.